Time for Seafood News. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Ryan Doyle. And I'm Erna Berry Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by the Fall 2021 edition of Erna Berry's Reporter Magazine. The latest edition takes a deep dive into soaring farm-to-fork costs that have triggered global price shocks. In our latest issue, you can find market insights from our talented team of market reporters, as well as stories on plant-based trends, labor issues, sustainability, and much more. Kicking things off today, American seafood subsidiaries Klosterbauer International Forwarding and Alaska Reefer Management received a preliminary injunction from U.S. Customs and Border Protection's enforcement actions, which include hundreds of millions of dollars in fines. The injunction, granted by U.S. District Judge Sharon L. Gleason on October 10th, covers 26 million pounds of seafood shipped from Alaska that has since stalled in Bayside, Canada. Now, the company can ship Pollock without the threat of future enforcement actions and fines until the case between the parties is resolved. On September 28th, Judge Gleason denied the shipping firm's motion for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction. However, the judge judge did note that the companies could remedy their motion and provide an updated motion for the TRO and injunction. About two weeks later, Gleason has sided with the shipping firms, allowing Pollock to re-enter the market. Jennifer Adamski, Director of Logistics and Operations for KIF, explained that both companies were forced to halt shipping over 50 days ago, leaving the millions of pounds of Alaska-produced seafood products sitting in cold storage awaiting seafood manufacturers at a time when the supply chain is severely strained. She continued to explain it will require an all-out effort to deliver the stalled Alaska seafood to the U.S. producers as quickly as possible. In our next story, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game announced the 2021-2022 Bering Sea Snow Crab Fishery Total Allowable Catch, with the total dropping 88% from the last fishing season. In all, the total allowable catch for snow crab in the Bering Sea is 5.6 million pounds this year, down from 45 million pounds allocated in the previous season. Alongside the snow crab announcement, the Tanner Crab Fishery total allowable catch was also slashed in half to just 1.1 million, down from 2.2 million pounds last year. A week before the announcement, the Alaska Bering Sea Crabbers Association urged the North Pacific Fishery Management Council ahead of its October meeting to take immediate action to help the plummeting crab stocks. Crabbers are asking that all sectors, including their own, reduce fishing impacts on crab through avoiding closed areas, ramping up hotspot reporting among skippers in the fleet, and reducing mortality by limiting the amount of time crabs are on deck and by gently returning them to the water. In September, summer survey results found mature male snow crab in the Bering Sea plummeted by 55%. According to the Alaska Bering Sea Crabbers Association, the significant drop in snow crab catch uh, and the complete closure of Bristol Bay Red King crab fishery could cost harvesters well over $100 million. The hit will be felt by roughly 70 vessels, over 400 fishermen, and the processors and fishing communities that rely on the Bering Sea crab revenues, as Alaska Fish Radio's Laney Welch wrote in September. Jamie Gowen, executive director of the ABSC trade group, explained that the number grows once you consider impacts to processors, communities, and on up the supply chain. Next up, a lawsuit that initially questions if quick service sandwich chain Subway used real tuna and would later question the sustainability of its tuna products, was thrown out in federal court by a U.S. district judge. The lawsuit was filed in January 2021 in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California by a pair of consumers on behalf of a proposed class. 
Initially, the plaintiffs argued that Subway's tuna was made with anything but tuna. Uh, independent lab tests reportedly taken from multiple Subway locations in the state of California found that the tuna was a mixture of concoctions that do not constitute tuna. Subway quickly shot down those allegations, calling the lawsuit a reckless and improper attack on Subway's brand and goodwill, as well as the livelihood of California franchisees. About six months later, the plaintiffs updated their lawsuit instead of questioning if the tuna was actually tuna. Focus shifted to the sustainability of the products. A few weeks later, Subway CEO John Chidsey hit the airwaves and defended the company's tuna sandwich on Fox's Morning with Maria TV program. The company also called on the court to throw out the suit following the interview. Subway also stuck to its tuna amid a massive menu rebranding effort in July. Subway's the Eat Fresh Refresh launched, launched on July 13th, and the company made it clear that nothing was changing about its tuna. The company wrote, while many of Subway's core protein choices were improved as part of the Eat Fresh Refresh, one ingredient that does not need an upgrade is the Subway high-quality premium tuna. And moving along, President Biden restored protections to three national monuments, including the Northeast Canyons and Seamounts Marine National Monument in the Northwest Atlantic Ocean, and that has been modified or reversed by the Trump administration. In 2016, President Obama established the National Monument to be jointly managed by the Department of Commerce's National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration and the Department of Interior's U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Trump lifted the prohibition on commercial fishing in the monument in 2020, an action that conservation groups have argued in the court that a president does not have that authority to take. Biden's action restores the management conditions of the national monument established by President Obama. As ABC News explained, fishing groups oppose the protections and the process used to implement them. Patrice McCarran, the executive director of the Maine Lobstermen's Association, told ABC that these fishing areas have a way to be managed that is a little cumbersome, a little time-consuming, but eventually brings all stakeholders to one table. Seafood News Associate Editor Maggie Raymond was at the meeting with former President Trump when he announced the removal of fishing restrictions on the Marine National Monument. Maggie explained that management of fishing activities is and should be based on recommendations of the eight regional fishery management councils established under the Magnuson-Stevens Fishery Conservation and Management Act. The council process provides ample opportunity for stakeholder participation and includes a robust examination of the economic impacts of regulations on commercial fishing consistent with the Magnuson-Stevens Act and the National Environmental Policy Act. A designation of a National Marine Monument through the Antiquities Act does not provide an opportunity for stakeholder participation in decision-making and is not subject to economic and social impact analysis. And for our final story of the day, the Marine Stewardship Council believes the momentum for sustainable seafood continued to grow during the coronavirus pandemic as consumers opted for a record-breaking number of Blue Label products in 2020 and 2021. Figures released on October 5th, which were featured in MSC's annual report, show that the volume of independently certified sustainable seafood sold with the MSC label increased nearly 6% between April 2020 and March 2021. In all, about 1.27 million metric tons of MSC labeled seafood were sold globally, compared with 1.2 million metric tons the year before. Frozen seafood products carrying the MSC label saw a notable 26% jump in sales when compared to the year prior. Meanwhile, the sales of MSC-labeled canned fish rose by nearly 4% around the globe, driven by a 50% year-on-year increase in sales of MSC-labeled tuna products, 
putting global sales on course to reach 110,000 tons a year. In the U.S. alone, MSC-labeled product sales rose 54% with the group crediting sustainable seafood commitments from retailers, including Walmart, for the boost. MSC-labeled seafood also saw a growing supply hit the market, and despite disruptions, the group noted that more fisheries and supply chain organizations became certified to catch and handle MSC-certified seafood in 2020 and 2021. And that about does it for us. It was a very busy week here uh, for the Seafood yes, News was. Podcast, Lauren. <laughs> a lot, a lot of news, and uh, we'll be a back lot of again next. News. Yes, yeah, really big, big headlines this week. Yes. Um, we were happy to cover here, and you have to keep tabs on SeafoodNews.com and Ernerberry um, as we keep you up to date with all this uh, news and, and market insight here. Uh, but once again, this episode is brought to you by Erner Berry's Reporter Magazine, and you can find the latest issue at ErnerBerry.com slash reporter. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.